Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. For the reading of God's Word this morning. We're in John 1, 35 through 51. The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and the one whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Life appears to give us choices of one kind or another. Uh, We choose this side, and that means we cannot choose that side. Or if we choose this side, then something comes as a result of choosing this side. Or if you choose this side, something comes as a result of choosing that side. Choices are all around us, and depending on what your theology is, the sovereignty of God, the control of God versus the free will of man and all that theological stuff, uh, you may agree or disagree to some greater extent somewhere along that line of God's choice and and, uh, God's control and our choice in our life. But the scriptures seem to be quite evident that there are two sides to this. That when when we give away something, when we have to give away something in order to receive something in return. So here we have in the chapter in uh, John that we have read this morning for our scripture, uh, disciples who are willing to give away something in order to receive something in return. And that's what we want to look at this morning and try to apply it to our own life and see how it is that uh, uh, when we are willing to give away something in service or in dedication to the Lord, that we will then receive in return something uh, from the Lord. In verses uh, 35 and 37, uh, we see two young men who came, uh, became disciples of Jesus on the recommendation of their uh, former uh, teacher, John the Baptist. 
These two men, to be uh, disciples of Jesus that day, had to give away uh, their previous ideas about what God was all about in the world, and then to be able to receive from Jesus these new teachings that Jesus uh, would give to them over the years of their uh, discipleship. Uh, now, these disciples were young, especially John, uh, probably just a teenager, and, and uh, we know that the younger we are, the easier it is for us to receive new ideas from other people around us. Uh, and uh, the older we get, the more stubborn we get. I'm speaking for myself here. And uh, the more uh, uh, reticent we are in receiving uh, some new idea about something or another. Uh, they received, after they gave away their old ideas uh, that they had been following, uh, they received in return from their new teacher, uh, their new rabbi, uh, new ideas about God and God's love in the world and about sacrifice that meant in following God. When we follow uh, Jesus, we then, uh, receive this gift of his presence and our willingness to sacrifice uh, something for him. And in these verses that follow, then, we see this fleshed out in other disciples' lives. In verses 38 and 39, we see where the disciples <clears throat> had to change their time and their devotion. And uh, what they had given to John the Baptist in time and, and devotion, they now had to give to Jesus. Now, John the Baptist was one of the greatest guys that ever lived. In fact, Jesus said that among uh, men there was no greater man ever, uh, uh, ever born of woman. Now, that pretty well puts him at the top of the list, I would say. No greater man ever born of woman than John the Baptist. That comes from Jesus. So uh, these guys were already following somebody who was, uh, you know, as, as great as they got, uh, as wonderful a person as he could possibly be. But they had to... Uh, leave behind, give away their devotion to that great person, John the Baptist, in order to follow Jesus, an even greater one who was not only man, but God himself. They were to find the best pursuit in following Jesus. Now, Christians, you have also called many times to give up what might be very good things in order to receive the best that God has for us. And that's uh, the wrestling uh, uh, affair that we have each time we make a decision. We may have something that's uh, uh, perfectly good, and uh, we're enjoying that. God has called us, perhaps, to give away that good to receive something even better in return. The blessing of following Jesus for us, that's the, the blessing of good that these two disciples received. And then in verses 40 to 42, we find that... Uh, Andrew and Peter, as well as James and John, gave away a profitable fishing business. Now, these guys weren't just ordinary fishermen like we think of fishermen. We uh, take a pole and go out and cast it in the water and sit on the bank and wait for something to happen. Or maybe if we're fortunate, we go out with somebody in a boat and we cast a pole. These guys, uh, you know, they were in the business. They, they uh, had boats. They had servants. They had great nets that they would catch their fish in. And the fish in the Sea of Galilee were so uh, uh, numerous that it didn't take much to, to really get in a big catch. And so these fellows were giving away something. Uh, like Christians today have learned that when we give away something for Jesus, though, we receive something much more in return. In Luke chapter 5, it tells us uh, further details about 
uh, what they gave away and what they received. It says, uh, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Galilee with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw the, at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen uh, who were washing their nets nearby. He got into one of the uh, boats and asked to be put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon saw this miracle, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. Here were people who were willing to give up uh, a great uh, uh, possibility of a future uh, in order to follow Jesus. The men received recognition in return uh, of their sin. They received the recognition that there was an awesome power at work right there in their midst. This person of Jesus was more than just Jesus of Nazareth, but he was Jesus, God's Son, uh, their Savior. And we question today what profitable things might God be calling us to give up or give away in order to follow him. And in return, when we're willing to give up uh, the profitable things of life, we receive something even more profitable, the forgiveness of our sins and the right to enter into God's presence and to share in his fellowship and, and to know that we are changed uh, not only now but for all eternity. And then we see in verse 42, in uh, uh, Jesus' uh, disciple, Simon. Simon, son of John, he was called. He gives away his old family name, Simon, son of John, and gets a new name, Cephas, or Peter, which meant rock. Now, in those days, to give away your name or to change your name was like to change your identity. Names were uh, uh, much more important in those days than, uh, than we might today. Uh, I've been uh, surprised sometimes. Uh, I've gone to the hospital to visit somebody and I'd say, well, tell me where Joe Smith is. And we don't have a Joe Smith here. Oh, well, well I wonder who, uh, what is his real name? You know, what's his, uh, you know, people just change their name. It, it might be Nathaniel or Zachary or something else, but they call him Joe. You know, people just change their name, just whatever it might be uh, that they like to have as their name. But giving up their name in those days was like giving up your family or your reputation or your lifestyle. Peter had a future involved in this family business, this fishing business. It was uh, Simon, son of John, fishing business with James and John and Peter and Andrew. They were all together in this. Uh, and he had, a, he had a life before him of ease and luxury uh, with, uh, with, a, with all these boats and these servants and and besides that, he had a beautiful home along the Sea of Galilee. And if you go to the Sea of Galilee today, you can see the place where uh, many people think that uh, Peter lived with his family. His home 
is right there, and it's quite a, uh, an ornate place. It's, uh, it's obviously not a home any longer, but the, the archaeological dig that they dug up, the foundation and all the, the beautiful uh, inlaid floors and so on that were part of that place along the Sea of Galilee. So he had to give up these riches, this fishing business, in order to receive a first-hand relationship with God, uh, Son, Jesus Christ. To know that God in the person of this Messiah, Jesus, was someone that he could live with, uh, travel with, learn from over the next uh, few years of his discipleship. And Jesus is still calling people today in the same way. He's calling people to give up their easy life, their familiar family, maybe their, their home to follow him. And the question is, is are we willing to give up in order to receive and return a relationship with Jesus? And then verses 43 to 45, Philip uh, was called by Jesus personally. Now, all these other guys um, that he heard from John the Baptist, hey, there's uh, the Lamb of God, and they followed along after Jesus. And uh, then uh, somebody else said, hey, come over here. We think we found somebody who's the Messiah. Someone else referred them to Jesus. But this time, Jesus goes personally and directly and specifically to uh, Philip. And he asks him to follow me. Jesus called Philip to leave his hometown of Bethsaida and go with Jesus to Galilee. He had to leave the familiar places, the friends that he had made over a lifetime, a family and the comforts of home, and uh, even his identity as a fisherman to now go and follow Jesus to this place uh, far away. And just as he left, uh, he recognized that Jesus was calling him directly, specifically, and personally. And that's the way Jesus still calls people today. He calls all of us individually and specifically, personally, to leave behind something, to give up something in order to receive his presence into our lives. Philip received in return a better understanding of the Old Testament scriptures. Philip, like all of these men, would have known the Old Testament uh, from front to back. He had studied the scriptures. He knew that there was a Messiah coming, that God was going to send a Redeemer to redeem the nation of Israel and the whole world. And uh, he knew that. And now he was able to witness the fulfillment of something he'd studied for a lifetime. Can you imagine what that would be like? Someday all of us will find that to be true. Those of us who are Christians, who have spent our lives following Jesus, studying his scriptures, someday we're going to see the fulfillment of those scriptures when Jesus returns. We see that in Revelations 21 and 22 and several other places. I think I'm going to do a two or three part sermon series on on heaven and, and the return of Jesus and all that stuff, uh, uh, the Lord willing, in the next uh, few weeks. But here we're going to see in those scriptures, and someday we will see personally uh, the fulfillment of scriptures as we will see in that passage. The heavenly Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Uh, for Philip, he would see Jesus who had come out of heaven uh, to receive and to give uh, his life for the sins of the world. And then Nathaniel was the next disciple to give away something and to receive something in return. Nathaniel gave up his prejudice. He said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now you can just apply whatever prejudice you have about some location, maybe, like Nazareth or wherever it might be, or you can apply 
some prejudice this way or that way. Uh, maybe you can supply some other kind of prejudice. But to be one of Jesus' followers, we need to be willing to give up our prejudices and to look upon Jesus as the one who has the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And whatever truth we have is very partial and insignificant in comparison. Someday we also will receive and return from Jesus his watch care over us, his uh, following us uh, in that new Jerusalem, in that, in that only, uh, uh, new heaven and new earth that God provides for us. But in the meantime, we, like uh, Nathaniel, have Jesus kind of watching over our shoulder. Here was Nathaniel sitting under a Jesus even before he came to him. And Nathaniel was so amazed, my, you must be uh, the Son of God, the King of Israel, if you could see me under the fig tree uh, before I even came to meet you. Uh, that was insignificant, he said, in comparison to what you someday will see. You shall see greater things than that, he said. I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Someday we'll also experience that greater things than we can now understand. Someday we will see heaven open and the angels ascending and descending, uh, Jesus as well. An old hymn tells us uh, these words. It says, what a day that will be when our Jesus we will see, when we look into his face and see the wonder of his grace, when he takes us by the hand and leads us through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. But the question for us is, are we ready for that day? Are we ready for the day when we will see Jesus face to face? And then Luke uh, chapter 5 tells us an additional story about one more disciple who had to give away something in order to receive something in return. And that story is the story of um, Levi, the tax collector. Now, Levi had to give away great wealth as a tax collector. Tax collectors in those days could just collect any amount they thought that uh, a person was able to give. Uh, the Romans said, uh, say, you have to get this much money from your district, uh, X number of dollars or whatever it was, and then they could just collect anything above that they wanted to collect. And so these tax collectors became quite wealthy in this process, and they even had soldiers that went around with them and collected it. So it wasn't, uh, you know, by April the 15th, send us your money kind of thing. It was, we're coming to get it, and you better be ready to give it right away. So there was a guy who had great wealth, and he was uh, willing to give it all away uh, to follow Jesus. No society in our world has ever seen the wealth that our world sees now here in our country and in many similar countries in the Western world. Jesus calls us to be willing to give up that wealth to receive and return something that money can never buy. We can receive and return the joy that comes from knowing Jesus, from knowing that he's right there watching us wherever we are, under a fig tree or under a rose bush or driving down the highway, wherever we might be, Jesus is watching over us. And further, we receive... Uh, Ability to be part of the church of Jesus, which is uh, and continues to be changing lives and changing the world in which we live. What a greater thing to be a part of than part of God's work in our world. So let's remember that we 
conclude here that, that uh, we're not earning our salvation by giving something up. Uh, we're not uh, deserving uh, God's blessing by giving something up. Our forgiveness has already been paid for by what Jesus did on the cross and by God's powerful resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But our decision to respond to Jesus and his amazing love is, is something that we freely receive from Jesus. A famous missionary has said that have been written here on our slide this morning. Jim Elliott, he died at the hands of those he was sent to uh, proclaim the gospel to in South America. And Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Are you willing to do so with your life? That's the question that Jesus constantly asks us. Are you willing to give away the things of this world, which sooner or later you're going to lose anyway because we're not going to live forever and keep those things forever? Uh, are you willing to give those things up, to give away what you can't keep, to gain the eternal life that you will never lose through Jesus Christ? You can do so today by prayer, by asking Jesus to come and live in your life, to forgive your sin and to dwell with you so that you can be a disciple like these men that we've read about here and follow Jesus all the days of your life. Shall we pray? Lord, we're thankful for these people long ago who were willing to give away significant portions of their life, gifts and, and talents and places and people, in order to gain something even greater in return, the gift of following Jesus, knowing that their sins were forgiven, that they were following one who cares for their every need and their every uh, concern. We pray today, Lord, that if there are those here who need to be giving away something in order to receive your love and your forgiveness, that today might even be that day. Lord, for those of us who are Christians, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to impress upon us our need to be willing to give as we follow Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.